Welcome to this episode of Rethinking Church. My name is Tim Fox, and it's a pleasure to be with you today as we continue to work our way through the book, Rethinking Church, Leading the Struggling Church Through Death to New Life. You can find that on Amazon. You can find it on the the WPH store. You can find it on my website, timfox.online. Love for you to pick that up, maybe read it with a group of pastors or your board, leaders within your church. What a, a great opportunity to take some some time and focus around some of the aspects of of the church that we often don't think about. You know, we've been playing playing at this thing church for too long. You know, we've been we've been doing the things that we've been doing for so long that they've stopped working. They've stopped making an impact and and we don't know how to change or what to change. And so we just keep doing the same things. And and COVID has given us a great opportunity to rethink that a little bit, to to begin to reimagine what the church could do and what the church is called to be by Jesus and, and to follow him into the community to make an impact. So one of the keys to this is leadership. It's leadership. It requires us to to be these self-aware, healthy, people-focused leaders if we're going to lead well, especially if we're going to lead well in a small to medium-sized church. My my story is the is one of a of trying to earn credibility as fast as I was losing it. And we first started Hydrant Church, I was I was working hard. I was going crazy trying to get everything done on a Sunday morning. I'd get here hours before everyone else and make sure that everything was just right. The glass had been cleaned just right. The sidewalk was clean, that the coffee was done and out, that the lights were on and the heat was on and that the the stage lighting was right and the sound and the the slides were right and the everything was just right for the day. And I'd be running around crazy, trying to get everything done. And, and my ability to get things done, my ability to produce results was, was earning me some, some, some credibility. And that's, and that's part of what we get credibility from, right? Is it, it's from our competency, from our ability to get things done, from our ability to continue to grow and learn new things. But the other side of, of earning competency is our character. And, and it's not just character, but it's how we relate to, to people, our ability to, to value people and that they can trust our intentions and our integrity. And my problem was I was working so hard to get so much done that I was rushing by people. And, and they began to wonder about my intents. Was it about building the church or building people? Where was my focus really? Did I even care about them and what they were going through? And I had to go through this radical recentering and, and re-education, rethinking of leadership. I had so often heard about hurting and developing people and 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 kind of this leadership mindset where we we lead an organization and we manage the people, but that is never going to be how the church was designed to operate. It's not really how any organization operates well. Instead, we have to lead people and manage the organization. And so I began to dive in and learn and retrain myself to, to lead relationally. And in that, I've, I've developed six kind of characteristics that I look for in relational leaders, six characteristics that I, that I mark and measure our staff by, that I mark and measure myself by as I kind of evaluate my leadership. And the first is, is am I God-centered? Am I God 
centered? Is God at the center of what I'm doing? Is my identity rooted in His love? Have I recognized that before I lead anything, before I do anything, before I produce any results, I am one who is created by the love of God. And whether I succeed or I fail, I am loved by God, that God goes before me, He's beside me, He's behind me, that everything I do is centered on Him. And does that give me, am I, am I finding my freedom to lead, my freedom to push, my freedom to take risks in the fact that I am a loved child of God, regardless of the results that I do or do not produce. Because once we're God-centered, we can put our hand to anything He asks us to do without fear of success or failure. It helps us to avoid what what Todd Bolsinger calls a, a failure of nerve or a failure of heart. And it gives us a resiliency that's necessary in our relationships. Every other relationship will be formed by our relationship to God. And so it has to begin in this God-centered relationship. From there, we have to become self-aware, self-aware. John Calvin kind of talks about this, that we are we are more aware of God as we become more aware of ourselves, and we become more aware of ourselves as we become more aware of God. They go hand in hand. Now, I didn't say self-focused. I didn't say selfish. I said self-aware. We understand our strengths and our struggles. We understand our temptations and our weaknesses. We understand our areas where we excel, where we can contribute, and and the and, and our responsibilities, right? Like we have this awareness of how God made us, and we're leading out of that while managing managing our struggles, our, our weaknesses, so that they don't become a liability and hurt us. We lean forward with our strengths, and we manage those liabilities. But then it, what it does is it allows us this freedom and confidence that comes from self-awareness and a, and, a, and a security in who we are. I think that confidence and, and security go well together. Insecurity and arrogance tend to fit together as well. We kind of have to hide our insecurities and we end up putting on a false bravado, a false face, a false forward. So self-aware leaders are, are able to be confident and humble. They're able to embrace other people and bring others into the work, which brings us to our third. They're people-focused. People-focused. Leadership is always about people. Leadership is always about people. It's about helping people to become everything they were created to be. It's about helping groups of people to do everything they were created to do. It is about us leading and helping the church as a group of people to fulfill the mission that God has put before us and being a part of the kingdom of God, of loving our world the way that He did and speaking truth the way that He did and inviting people into this realm of God's work and love the way that Jesus did. This brings us to the fourth, is service motivated. Jesus said that the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And he told us that he was setting us an example as he washed the feet of his disciples. So if service is below you, then leadership is beyond you. So we need service-motivated leaders who, who rise up through the ranks, recognizing that the further up the ranks they go, it simply means the more people they have to serve, the more people that they are there to empower and, and uplift and encourage and release into the work of the kingdom. 
The next is they are passion-fueled. Maybe you can think about this in the idea of calling or purpose, but I just use the language of passion. They understand. A, a relational leader understands why they do what they do. They understand what fuels them. They understand and operate from this place of, of a full heart and a passionate spirit, and they they speak and they think and they act with this passion that draws other people in. It draws other people who have the same passions or similar passions, and it, and it helps to keep this, this, this almost like jet fuel in the church and in the groups we lead that just keeps us moving forward and, and, and empowers us to do what He asked us to do. And the last of these is they're healthy, healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally healthy. If we're not healthy, we're not the leader that God meant for us to be. Our leadership, our service, our ministry should not be robbing us of our emotional and physical and relational and spiritual health. If it is, we're, we're doing it wrong. If it's robbing you of your health, then perhaps you're doing it wrong. That there is, there is a way to do ministry with people, loving, serving, embracing, teaching people. There is a way to lead the church and to, to, to manage the organization and keep it going forward that doesn't rob us of our relationship with God. It doesn't destroy our marriage. It doesn't make us terrible fathers and mothers. It doesn't destroy our emotional and mental health, leaving us with anxiety and depression and fear and burnout. There is a way to do this, and it begins in being God-centered and self-aware and continues through being people-focused and service-motivated and passion-fueled and intentional about our health, intentional about the way we take care of our bodies and our minds and our spirits and our relationships. A relational leader is going to be these things. This is how I began to rethink leadership and how it changed our ministry and unlocked the potential that was trapped inside of me trying to do everything. So when it comes to a Sunday morning, I have two priorities. I have two priorities, meet new people and minister to hurting people. Other than that, I preach and pray and that's it. I'm not running anything else. I'm not doing anything else. It was is important to hand that off, empower other people, give them the opportunity. It doesn't have to be perfect. Engagement is more important than perfection. So we want to engage people in that work. This is real leadership. Now, under the course of this entire book is this idea of resiliency and the need to enter into the darkness of death if we're going to experience new life. So we're going to be March 23rd. We're doing a webinar at noon. You can sign up through uh, the Wesleyan Publishing House, and we'll be talking a little bit about these themes of resiliency and death and darkness and how we enter in to receive the new life that is promised at Easter and gives us the opportunity to grow in Him. Then April 13th, we're doing another webinar on rethinking your why and, and how we can begin to rethink our why individually and as a church to be who God made us to be and accomplish what God asked us to do. We hope that you'll be a part of those webinars. Pick up the book. Continue to uh, support us by listening to the, the podcast. Jump on Apple or Google or Spotify or your favorite way to listen and share a review. Uh, drop us a, a line, and we'd love to connect with you. 
Have a great day as you keep rethinking church.